I think if we're looking at humans as state machines, as having inputs and outputs in, in, in our decision-making process, right? If we're inculcated in an institutional or societal bias that hey, you know, we're put in the spot as as you mentioned, these are the these are the variables. You know, you're in your wife beater, you're in a potentially dangerous neighborhood, there's been a call for someone that might you know match your profile somewhat. You can see how the output would be to be a lot more aggressive than given a different context where it's like, hey, you're in a West Virginia coal mine and everyone sort of Right. So isolate you're isolating your variables, right? right? So if you isolate your variables down to what you were saying, like geography and the clothing I was wearing and things like that, so we can see that. So if I was in my neighborhood in southern Pennsylvania, which is almost entirely white, I could be wearing the exact same clothes and I would not get approached that way. I would get approached that way in like south central L.A., which means you're not – criminalizing the action, you're criminalizing the geographical location and your perceptions of who I am. So if you criminalize those things, then what you are doing is being a tyrant on people because of who they are and where they lived. And then we've also clustered them into these neighborhoods by redlining and government laws, which literally trap them into these neighborhoods and now can't get any wealth out of them, have generational trauma, generational imprisonment, generational mass incarceration, and generational lack of resources that just keeps going on and on and on. So you're criminalizing what you have created. So we created the environment, we created the opposition to the culture, we created the implicit biases, and then we created which people would be in the situation for those biases. So we're not actually going against the criminal actions. We are policing people, and, and, and those people are being policed at an exponential rate, depending on the factors of our individual biases that come right. in from the, the acting officer. Absolutely. I think there's a a well-regarded Harvard implicit, implicit bias study that has shown that it's like, you know, 70% of Americans have implicit bias based on race on, on in terms of associations of feeling given uh, a skin color. So it's not just, you know, N equals, you know, your personal experience, you know, seeing this on the streets also been studied and replicated across, you know, clinical, you know, double-blinded trials. Absolutely. It's everywhere. Yep. It's everywhere you look. It's in job resumes. It's in who gets stopped at a bus, who has access to bus stops, who has access to grocery stores, who has access to doctors, dentists, jobs, all of the every single avenue you look, you are going to see implicit bias towards black males, towards Muslims, towards uh, these different factors of biases that we have at a particular rate in our society. Yeah. So obviously that's that, that we should change that. So. How do we jumpstart? How do we, you know, like, let, let's, let's start talking about how we as a collective can help change that, right? Like, obviously, you know, there's, as I, I think you've well covered, this is a complex beast of a system with years of just inculcated biases and, that have stacked up, you know, since the founding of the country, essentially, right? So what are the most tractable areas to to attack first, right? Like we can't change everything all at once. That's naive of us to think, but um, you know, does that come from the communities themselves? Does it come from some of the people in power? Does it come, you know, what, you know, what would you propose as, you know, three areas to focus our efforts to, to affecting change? 
So, I mean, I have made this proposal, so people can check up and see the framework of it. It's the pinned tweet on my Twitter account. Um, I essentially see that there's there's not three solutions. There's only one possible solution. This is my life's work, my life's experience and, and research to, to get to where I am right now in, in this conclusion. So what we have to first understand is all these things we were talking about, the system, what these are all rooted in is American policing is different from policing anywhere else in the world. In America, policing started from three things, literally from catching slaves and returning them to their masters. This goes as far north as Boston. So we like to think that it's some kind of Southern thing, but Boston officers literally were given a badge, the police officer badge with the, with the star on it. They were deputized and they were sent out to catch runaway slaves and return them to their Southern owners. Wow. Um, the other thing they did was protect white property. So the point of uh, the, the patrols was to make sure that if you know the slaves couldn't rise up and burn down the plantation or, or destroy other white property that came in. And the third aspect was continuing the genocide of the Native American people. So if we turn on TV right now and you read these modern day stories, you will see like in Baltimore, the CVS, which burned for 15 minutes, was put on loop, loop after loop after loop. And everyone will tell you in society and in media, look at them burning this building down. Why would they do this? They're all infuriated, judging the actions of the oppressed because they burned white property. At the same, very same time, the only person that ever died in the Baltimore uprising was Freddie Gray, who was killed by state-sanctioned agents for no crime whatsoever. So we didn't care about that slave being recaptured and sent back into the new Jim Crow. We can also turn on our TV and we can watch American policing, even on a federal level, continue to genocide the American people in North Dakota by restricting all their rights there. So this is the system. It is not a broken system. As my friend Kwame Rhodes used to preach and I didn't understand, is that this system is exactly operating as it was intended to. So the first and only thing we have to do is we cannot have this system anymore. It cannot function. We have to reboot it. It is a, a tree. So if criminal justice is a tree, remember that soil now is white supremacy and implicit bias recapturing slaves, protecting white property, and all the data that we have. So even like evidence-based policing, which will say we go off the data, is built off of a false notion that we would be arresting black males at this great rate. So then we have stats that say they commit crimes. So then we look at them because the stats say they commit crimes. All of this based off of, of a fallacious presumption and the nutrients of that soil going through. So we can create we can have something like uh, body cameras, and body cameras would be a leaf on this tree that we think are reform measures, right. and we can take that tree off, or we can spray it with medicine, and we can make it look shiny and new, but it's only a matter of time before those nutrients from that poisonous soil reach back into the body cams. You see that right now as they're restricting access, trying to do everything they can. They're not turning them yeah, on. they're Things deleted. Are being sabotaged. Yeah. Yep. Right. So if it is what I say it is, these are the results. I've been saying this is what it is, and I keep having my results reconfirmed, but for some reason we keep having these conversations on podcasts instead of on national stage. Right. So if, if it was a white supremacist and, and, and capitalistic society, which wouldn't want to hear something like this being heard on mainstream media, well, then you wouldn't see me on mainstream media. So if it is what we think it is, then that's what would happen. Right. So 
So the way to fix this is I base it off a of stakeholder theory pretty much in, in business management world, where I uh, throw in a little bit of corporate social responsibility theory and things like that that we see really working in the business world, because especially in this age of technology, in this global context, what we're realizing is that everything is holistic, everything touches upon each everything. We can't predict our environments, there's chaos. So we have to take everybody's interest in, everybody's thoughts in, and then we have to lay out the best course of actions with the best amount of information we have, which sounds a hell of a lot like the scientific method, which is maybe how the damn business owners got there to begin with. <laughs> so, so the way that would end up looking in a CEO to type board relationship for the community means that you, uh, if people want to think about the misconduct, they often have an idea of a civilian review board where if there was misconduct, then the, then the cases would be reviewed by civilian authority. But what happens now is civilian authority ends up being appointed. Appointed civilian authority is not, a, is, is not civilian authority. I mean, it's That's political just, favors for, for people that donate to mayoral campaigns, absolutely. Right, so you're just another pawn of the system right. like everybody. That does not count at all. If they're elected, they're going to be corrupted. So we end up doing this by um, like a, a, a big jur voluntary like jury pool where you get training to understand the basics and then people are pulled out of that pool with an algorithm that weights it towards the poorest of the community and those who are most serviced by the police, which is the way it's going to end up anyway. And then they have a majority say over the actual guidance of policing so that we say this is what we want our police to do in service to us. And we argue about that. We have scholars and we have people in there to argue about what our best practices and what our solutions should end up being. But what the citizens decide as the guidance must be what police go out and do and execute and finally say, how do you want to be policed? Not what itineration of catching slaves, protecting white property, continuing the genocide of the Native American people do you want? We have to start servicing those people that get our and our product is these services, which are vast and varied, and they, they, they end up in every particular little jurisdiction, and it's going to have its own nuances. So you develop that through using a Delphi-type method of interviewing techniques, where you continually refine what their, the entire structure of the agency is going to look like with all of the stakeholders, and we'll have something that's finely tuned that actually provides the service to that particular jurisdiction as the community of citizens wants it to be. Right, so they need to be appointed by like this board, this community board. Uh, it's, I mean, right. I think that's like that definitely is a very, you know, clever, you know, restructuring to tie back the incentive loop back to the people that are being policed. I'm just curious, right. from you know, a devil's advocate, um, given almost any institution, as powers accrue to the top, they don't want to let it go, right? Like the like the mayors of America are not gonna want to be like, hey. My policing, my my police commissioner appointing abilities is going to be, uh, you know, pushed back down to the people again. How do we get them to change their mind, or do we have to push for candidates that are open to this and elect them to office? Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of varieties of lanes that we talk about constantly. Right. I think all all of those lanes that you can think of, I would say, are viable approaches. Um, I think it comes down to three, and I'll, I'll tell you what those three are. Um, but uh, like that structure, what you're saying is part of this has to be education. So the number one correlate 
to violent crime in America, I mean, look, I'm a scientist, and I say 99.999% of the time, and I always reserve my doubt, and blah, blah, blah. But the number one thing <laughs> that causes crime in America is lead poisoning. Huh. And so lead, lead poisoning has a 20-year payoff. So that means that a system that's structured to have four-year payoffs has no desire to look at 20-year goals. And that's one, one of the major things that it replaces in this model. So if we, if we at least maybe guilt our, our politicians into understanding that they are preventing the actual solutions to violent crime that we know. I would tell you right now that under the current model, policing or crime, violent crime has been reduced in America, not because of policing, but despite policing. So, for example, in these lead-poisoned cities, like Freddie Gray was lead-poisoned, Corin Gaines in Baltimore, both two people killed by the police, were both victims of environmental lead-poisoning from being in redline communities. But in New York, they got lead-poisoning down to 2.1, which was, is one of the 2.1% of, of the kids living in redline communities. So, so that's the biggest reduction in the entire United States of lead-poisoning. Uncoincidentally... Since 20 years past that time, down to the very box of where people lived, violent crime in New York is a, uh, an international success. And who achieved those successes? That gets attributed to bullcrap like broken windows and aggressive policing. Yeah, Giuliani, like stop and frisk tactics. Right. At that very... At that very same time, public health officials were working like crazy to reduce lead poisoning, and that is where your violent crime re reduction came from. So we have to look at those kind of long-term goals. So if I that's interesting. This, I mean, that's an interesting correlation, and your thesis is that that's actually a causation because these lead poisoning is causing you know mental defects essentially into these you know redline communities. Right. And redline communities are drawn around environmental poisoning areas. So that's why we took areas, we polluted them, and then we redlined those communities to put the, the people we had implicit biases on because we were going to let them get poisoned, not us. So the white people moved out to the suburbs and moved that into areas that didn't have environmental poisoning and then could continue to go about their way. So if the system is as we say it is, that's what you would expect to see. And voila, you see it again. So if we have this conversation with seven people, we're all going to agree that we need to focus a ton of our efforts on environmental pollution and reducing lead poisoning in our community. But there is no police department in this country that's fighting the number one cause of crime. So even if it becomes a robbery, so if there's a robbery, the police should, yeah, investigate the robbery, but the primary focus should be on the cause. What caused this robbery to take place? What were the conditions? What crash occurred? And we need to investigate those crashes, figure out how to not make those, those mistakes again, figure out and attack those things. Because if we attack those things, then we prevent the next robbery. Under our current model, we literally increase the chances of the next robbery. The only thing that is stopping it from happening is because social service workers are actually following science and working their tails off to provide these other solutions. That's, yeah, man, I think it's an interesting thesis. I mean, I think there's also in uh, other literature, you know, crime rates are also associated with legalization of abortion. Right, so I think there's a lot of interesting correlates, and I think 
you know, there might be not just one root causation, but like a couple of these factors stacking up into what we're seeing as a 20 year payoff. I'm curious on, um, on, on your board idea, what would be a term limit for, uh, one of these board directors? All right. So fundamentally, maybe this is one of my problems about my system is that I can't fully explain it because we're going to use the Delphi method for those, that community to actually decide what that would be. So I, I would suggest some kind of cycle uh, of two years for a, a sitting person and then maybe one select person that really understood it or, and wants to do it would come back for a, another two-year term as like the chair of the board because they understand the system more. But we would also have uh, colleges and universities in there to observe everything. Everything would be open and studied. It would be one big, huge science experiment. And that means that we will have people there permanently as representatives of the community and scholars that would continually advise the, the people sitting on the board uh, on, on facts. And it wouldn't be like something I could just trick them and manipulate them into. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I think it's just interesting, right? Because if you take it out to the logical extreme, these selected board directors could be corrupted if they are being in positions of power, right? If they're dictating police policy, these are going to be important people for everyone in the community to start, you know, taking dinners and, and drinks with. Right. So that's why you can't even have like, <laughs> you know, you can't have like some, any other system that is like the, the way we're talking about is to make the system big enough that it, it's too big to corrupt. Right. Yet, yet small enough that it's only people that want to do it. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, so that's the fine balance. Yep. And I think that will have to be sort of proven out empirically if we can get a pilot city to test out the thesis here. I'm curious to hear your other two, three causes. Right, I know, the three. Yeah. Okay, so, so what you were talking about is all these different ones, all these different factors that lead into a crash. I also want to go back and tell you I, I support that completely. Lead is just the strongest correlate we have. It's all those things that are going through that we need, we need to focus on. But the three ways we do this. So I am... Like, again, I'm a scientist and I'm going to reserve reservation, but I've done the research on this. This is what I do. And this is going to work. So all it means is that the first person to do it, that hero mayor that says, I'm going to give up the power over policing, give it back to the people who I'm supposed to be serving, because I see that that's a better solution. That's a perpetual system. That's a system that pretends protesting. Who are you going to protest if you're in control? So there's all these aspects that, that are going to be better and will go down in history as a revolutionary mayor that did this big thing to, to, as like a spark to the next civil rights, or in the next civil rights movement, but as a big, huge movement of us progressing in the solutions on that. It, so if a, if, a, if a courageous mayor does it, then we, we can get there. The, the other way is that we wait, and that's, that's painful, but I think we are at, we're having a really hard budding up in a lot of areas against the baby boomers or, or less specifically those people who haven't adapted to the age of technology. So I think we have, we have two different worlds in all of America. We have those who have not integrated into the information age and those who, who are fully absorbed into the information age. So you would, you know, right now, that if there were all 40 and below people that were voting in a city, I would have zero problems. So <laughs> that's one thing I was going to bring up. Is it, is it just, Hey, we got to wait for the baby boomers to uh, die, frankly. 
<laughs> essentially. So that's what I'm trying to say in a less uh, obvious form. <laughs> maybe to move into the retirement community and allow us to be in charge. So there's people that are doing these kind of things, younger uh, scholars, um, um, a few reformers in law enforcement, like there's the organization called LEAP, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, which has a lot of baby boomer generation cops that are fighting against the drug war. So you, you do have these things going on and there are outliers, but as a general rule, the, the people that can pick up Google and see, oh, if you legalize cannabis, everything improves. And then the people that go, read for madness. And then you go, no, look up Google. And they're like, I don't want to see that damn Google. And then you, you just turned liberal because you got a PhD in education. And it's like, oh, no. So the, the anti-intellectual last you know, remaining remnants of the, of the refusing to adapt to the age of information and then the rest of us. So I would give that 20 years where something like this is inevitable right. in one way, shape, or form. Uh, the third option, which is uh, the controversial option, but historically pans out, is please show me a radical revolution that wasn't violent, that the people didn't have to take. Right. So I really wish that we would, um, some mayor would step up or some lawmakers would step up and say, we're going to finally stop civil unrest before it becomes uncivil uh, 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 upheaval, which we know is the inevitable path of, of a tyranny and an oligarchy that we are subject to and can prove empirically even more so as you add up those factors for a black male being four and a half times more likely to be killed by police if he's unarmed and in the same situations. So we can't continue to operate under that. So will we get pushed to, to revolt and, and be an actual riot? Because we haven't had riots yet. These are uprisings. Right. Sam Pump Pumpkin, the pumpkin festivals uh, and, and ending a, winning a Super Bowl ends up in, in more rioting. Than, <laughs> than this stuff so That's far. kind of true. So, it's being in San Francisco and seeing when the Giants won. I mean, people are flipping police cars. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, but that was white people damaging white property. That doesn't get looked at. So, again, if the system Fair was, enough. as I say, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, this is. We, we know what's going on here. So can we, because like, I don't know, how do we convince one of these leaders to step up and do it first? I really think Oakland is close. I hope she's close. She's been getting a lot of pressure uh, to go ahead and go with me to start doing this. Chicago is starting to talk about it. It's a growing thing of inevitability. But my real problem is that those, that timeline is an equation, and that equation is, is dead black kids, white kids, Asian kids, Latino kids, and men, women, fathers, husbands, counselors, workers, healthcare people trying to protect their autistic person with their hands up in the air, a guy with a broken car. So these are the, the people that are on the other side of this equation, and we don't have 20 years to wait for that side of the equation to pan itself out. I think that's a great point. It seems like I think you're, you're capturing it nicely where it seems like it's inevitable that some of these things will change. But if it happens sooner, you're literally saving lives. Like people are, are dying on the streets by not having sort of this reformed sense of policing and government. And not just dying on the streets. I mean, tons of white people have kids in jail right now because they had a dime bag in their pocket. So and, and the poor are, are subjected to all these things. We have regressive taxes and we, 
We are essentially creating poor man's jail. And we, these things are unconstitutional. We know that we're searching a black males at a ridiculous rate. In, um, in the last DOJ report in Baltimore, I'm talking about a good example of bad data, the DOJ points to an individual who was stopped 30 times in a period of a few years, and they were using that as this extreme example of violations of rights and how many times they've been searched, none of those searches ever resulting in anything, any contraband, any arrests, violations, citations, anything. But what I am telling you as a scholar who happened to be a cop who was a major case narcotic detective and was a street ripping and running drug cop is that I documented maybe, maybe 10% of my stops. And that's what they're looking at is documented stops. And I was good with paperwork. I was one of the good guys <laughs> doing that work. So I know that that guy was stopped more than 300 times, which is multiple days, which is, you know, getting stopped like every other day at the least. And think about that violation and think about if you did have something. So if I was stopped 300 times in two years, I would have been arrested no less than 20 times, which is what is shown in those same numbers in the DOJ report where the white people that were stopped had a, had a rate of finding contraband of over 40% on them, and the rate of black males was under 1%. So, <laughs> like, if we were even following our own data, we would stop white people much more. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, yeah, I think that's interesting, right? Like, you would then think that the people that were being stopped that were white, I mean, their targeting is a lot better, ostensibly, right? You're targeting the right people from, from whatever attributes. And we're clearly targeting blacks at, you know, quite poorly. Like the targeting is just broken. And a lot of it's probably due to the perception. Yeah. Yeah, it's clear, right? right? So so what's being charged there, what's being arrested there is blackness. It's not the crime. Yeah. If we were looking at the crime, we would look elsewhere. 100%. I, I've personally learned a lot through our conversation. I mean, for our listeners out there, you know, what would you tell them? I mean, I think you, you, you described three like sort of pathways on how we can see some of these changes being put in place. Um, are there, you know, general action items that people in the general public can do today to help support your work or, you know, work that's affiliated with your research? Sure. So if, if somebody wants to add to the pressure of Oakland, they can reach out to, to Oakland, who is listening to the citizens and is taking an input to make the decision. So, I mean, you can put on some political pressure that way. But I really I mean, I hate to be the naysayer in a lot of things, but we get our, we are focused a lot now in, in the uh, whether it's on media and you're listening to pundits or it's you're listening to police chiefs who have a vested interest. We are listening to people about how to fix the policing problem that are looking at solutions for each of those leads. And I need everyone to understand that's an effort that is completely moot and will feel like progress will end up being nothing but regression. If you don't change the fundamental philosophy that you guys must be in charge, I don't care which way you do that. If you wanna, if you wanna bring me in and instill my system, I want to dedicate myself to the first city, make it a complete scientific model that, that carries out for generations and generations and generations that I export to other cities. 
So you'll be able to export a model, but if you want it to be a different way and you, but whatever it has to be, you guys have to demand control of the guidance of policing, demand that, that it's not how you will be policed or that you get to pick who chooses how you will be policed. You must decide how you will be policed as a moral and ethical position, let alone a logical and scientific one. Absolutely. I think you're talking to the right audience where people in our community, our, our, our thinking listeners out there, are folks that you know, are, are searching and, and learning about the truth, right? And I think that if you look at the data, which I think we've talked about a lot of interesting pieces of data, uh, that should inform any rational thinker that, hey, there are some clear things that we need to change. Um, so appreciate you know Michael coming on and, and and sharing his experiences and his research and I think it should be you know uh, through this conversation a scholar on institutional systems as opposed first as opposed to uh, you know ex police officer and sort of a a more sensationalized version of yourself and I and I think that comes through across very clearly through your thoughtfulness on, in, in your research. <laughs> Thank you, man. Be safe out there and. Uh... Keep it real. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Wow, that was a very interesting conversation. I think just for me personally, a lot of these conversations, these concepts are not something I talk about on a, on a daily basis. It just frankly, you know, isn't you know, a, a problem in, in, in my life or a lot of our, our community's lives. Um, but clearly, I think as we see on TV, as we see on all these reports coming from social media, this is a huge problem facing a big portion of our country. So I think it was an awesome, awesome conversation. And I think just sort of mapping this to what we're thinking about at Nutribox all the time is that very much how we're leading the charge and sort of changing how people think about biohacking, about the protocols of how to improve oneself. I think Michael and his colleagues are championing how we as a society should be governing ourselves and policing ourselves. And I think some of the same concepts of educating, getting the word out, are the same concepts that we think about distributing our message and our content. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback and, and, and get your questions. You know, Mike's obviously gener very generously offered his time to engage and and discuss these topics further and be and be challenged on these on these topics and i wish i you know it was sort of the first step in me becoming more educated and more knowledgeable on the topic but i'm sure our listeners out there have their own insights and their own opinions and maybe even you know contradictory opinions we'd love to have that i think the whole point about the thinking podcast is to get interesting ideas into the room and back and duke it out um yeah i want to wrap that up in nice in a bow you can check us out on youtube SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Until then, check you next time. Thanks, guys.